Welcome football fans. Buckle up for another hard-hitting episode of Player 54 Podcast, a show focused solely on the XFL. From a sunny Southwest Florida studio, here's your host, Michael Lathrop. Hello, football fans. This is episode 99, final showcases of 2023 and more. This episode is brought to you by our friends at True Victory. If you are not perfect, if you have ever struggled, if you have ever failed, if you have ever been the underdog, if you have ever doubted yourself or been doubted by others, if you want to get better, be better, and make our world better, this is the perfect brand for you. Founded by U.S. military veterans, True Victory is a sportswear and streetwear brand dedicated to building everyday champions on and off the field. True Victory is not simply a company, they're a cause. Its purpose is to transform lives and elevate humanity through the power and unity of sports, positive stories, and serving others. They are dedicated to the game, the grind, and the globe. But most importantly, they are dedicated to you. If you want to strive for something better, while proudly showing others your determination, grit, and supporting people like yourself, check out the True Victory Shop by simply clicking on the link provided in the show's description and notes and enter the code PLAYER54 at checkout to receive 15% off your purchase. What a difference a week makes. League showcases have come to a close, and there are numerous developments to be discussed. In addition, quarterback Corey Curtis joins the show to discuss his football journey and XFL showcase experience. But first, we have those developments to cover. So, let's get to it. On October 16th, multiple reports surfaced that XFL Properties LLC filed 22 new trademark applications on October 10th for the United Football League and UFL. As of October 13th, the application status are live pending. At the moment, it is unknown what the XFL's intentions are with these trademarks. Also on October 16th, the European League of Football's Parole Raiders announced Jim Herman as their head coach. Herman served as the San Antonio Brahma's defensive coordinator during the 2023 season. On October 18th, the XFL Communications Department announced 22 players have signed a letter of intent with five XFL teams, D.C. Defenders, Houston Roughnecks, San Antonio Brahmas, St. Louis Battlehawks, and the Vegas Vipers. On October 19th, the XFL Communications Department announced 24 players have signed a letter of intent with six XFL teams, Arlington Renegades, D.C. Defenders, Houston Roughnecks, San Antonio Brahmas, St. Louis Battlehawks, and the Vegas Vipers. Among them was the 2023 league rushing leader, Abram Smith. On October 20th, pro football newsroom journalist James Larson reported the following on his ex, formerly known as Twitter account. Developing, Jay Rothman, Senior Vice President of Broadcast Operations, is no longer under contract with the XFL per sources. Also hearing Mandy Cohen, Broadcast Operations, is out. A couple of moves that make sense considering Fox already has similar assets. Unlike previous departure announcements, I am unable to confirm Cohen or Rothman's situation. Also on October 20th, Pro Football Newsroom journalist James Larson reported the following on his ex-formerly known as Twitter account. Developing, 
Multiple sources have indicated that there is a strong possibility that all eight USFL teams will survive the USFL-XFL merger. A 12-team league could feature just four XFL teams. St. Louis, D.C., San Antonio, and Arlington would be the likeliest organizations to survive. This report is the latest of a potential format we could see from the anticipated USFL-XFL merger. The situation appears to be fluid. More format variations could surface before we have an official response from the federal regulatory review process. Also on October 20th, the XFL Communications Department announced 15 players have signed a letter of intent with five XFL teams. Arlington Renegades, D.C. Defenders, Houston Roughnecks, San Antonio Brahmas, and the St. Louis Battlehawks. This is the third announcement of players signing letters of intent with XFL teams. Notably, two teams have been exempt from these announcements, the Orlando Guardians and Seattle Sea Dragons. On October 21st, the XFL held its final supplemental showcase at Marathona Christian School in San Diego, California. According to XFL staff and league partner social media posts, the following league staff were in attendance. XFL Vice President of Football Operations David Dykeman, Houston Roughnecks Offensive Coordinator A.J. Smith, San Antonio Brahma's Director of Player Personnel Will Lewis, St. Louis Battlehawks Director of Player Personnel Dave Bowler, as well as Indoor Football League staff. On October 22nd, in partnership with Nick Novak Kicking and Consulting, the XFL held a specialist showcase at Marathona Christian School in San Diego, California. As I have previously mentioned, I will now be joined by quarterback Corey Curtis to discuss his football journey and XFL showcase experience. Welcome, Corey. I appreciate taking the time to come on the show and discuss your football journey and XFL showcase experience. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure. As I said in the lead up, I always believe it is very beneficial for the listeners. If we kind of go back a little bit in your journey and share a little bit of your, your backstory to provide everyone with a little bit better understanding who you are as a person and player. I understand you began your collegiate career at Division I Power 5 Ohio State before transferring to Division I FCS Bryant University and ultimately finishing at Division II Gannon University. So with that being said, you know, that, that's a lot of, but I love these pathways. It is always mm-hmm. intriguing, and I understand that means sometimes things don't work out how people had hoped or had dreamed, but I'm always intrigued with this a little bit. So if you don't mind... Can you walk us through a little bit how you were introduced to football? Like, when did that start? Where did that passion come from? And ultimately, your college recruitment. And, you know, when we get to it, because this could be a longer you know, answer for you, your, <laughs> yeah. your college playing experience. Gotcha. So, I mean, the love of the game came from my dad at a young age. He played football. He, he like, instilled in me, like, the toughness, the grit. It teaches you life lessons. Um, it's something that I fell in love with. Everybody in our area is, like, football-minded. Uh, so always seeing the guys from my area, like everybody talk, uh, talked about Dion and J. Ron Curse and then Sammy Watkins. So everybody in our area was kind of like, it was like a football town where I'm from. And so then I fell in love with the game of just trying to be the best in my area. Uh, there hadn't been too many good quarterbacks in our area, but the quarterback of the school before me, before I got there, was Kurt Benkert. Um, so then I stro- strove to be better than him in high school. Um, then he went to Virginia and did good, went to ECU, all that type of stuff. Out of high school, I decided to go to uh, Ohio State. It was a hard decision. Um, I was picking between, I, I narrowed it down to five schools, USC, North Carolina, WVU, uh, Ohio State, and Miami. 
I really had four, and then Ohio State like came later. I was thinking about going to USC and North Carolina probably the most, and then I got a call from Coach Day. Hey, I know your recruitment's almost over. Why don't you come out here? So me and my family flew out there. Had a conversation with Coach Meyer. Coach Day kind of let me know, like, you know what? Can't offer you a scholarship right now, but, like, Coach Day is a new office coordinator. We, we Quarterback coach, we think you can come in here and do a good job and earn a scholarship. We know you have other scholarships out of the way, so we, we understand. But I want you to go home and pray about it. So I was like, you know what? Like, that's the first school that, like, said, you know what? I want you to go home and pray about it. They didn't tell me that they wanted me, all that type of stuff. They just said, pray about it. And, like, that really hit home with me, especially because, like, I grew up watching Coach Meyer. Like, I'm, from, I'm a Florida guy. So I went home, prayed about it, talked about it with my family, and they were like, you want to bet on yourself or not? And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm all about betting on myself. So I was like, okay. So went to Ohio State, ended up deciding to go to Ohio State. Second week there, we had a scrimmage. It was, no, it was third week there, we had a scrimmage. And uh, I ended up earning a scholarship in that scrimmage. Against our starting defense, uh, I threw for three touchdowns, had two rushing touchdowns, earned a scholarship. Uh, so I was blessed in front of the whole team and everything like that. That was pretty cool. And then I was there. I was there behind Dwayne, JT, Dwayne, and Joe my first year. And then Joe decided to transfer. And I was behind Dwayne. Uh, you know, I thought I was going to get the starting job, being out the other guy that was there with me. And then this guy named Justin Fields decided to transfer in. And I was like, you know, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not afraid to compete. I competed for two weeks, kind of saw the writing on the wall. Not because I thought that, respectfully, that he was better than me, but because he was higher rated. He could do he could do everything I could do but run. And he ran a four two. So it's like it's like, okay, maybe this guy's better than me. But I competed. I was like, all right, you know what? I'm I wanna play. So I decided to transfer. And all of us transferred. Me, Matt, and Tate transferred. We I, I decided to go to Bryant University. Uh, I got there for and then COVID happened. And I was like, oh man. Like, you know, like I'm at Bryant, COVID happened, we're not even really gonna get to play. Uh, I finished my degree, and I'm like, well, they don't really have the master's program I really want to do. Uh, so I started, like, talking to my dad about it. I even talked to Coach Meyer, Coach Day about it, and they were like, well, you can come here, but, you know, Justin has another year. And I was like, ah, like, I, I really just want to play. Like, I, I think I – so I decided to call around, and Coach Shiano was actually like, hey, you know what? I have this school in Erie. It's a D2 school. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, like, I never thought about playing D2, but, you know, like, I'll give it a shot. I just want to play, like, at this point. So I talked to Coach Rayburn, and he was, like, a uh, down-to-earth guy. I loved Ohio State, Mountain Union, so I just knew it was, like, a good pedigree to be under. So I decided to go to uh, Gannon University, and my first year there, um, we did pretty good. Not amazing. I went, when we first got there, they were 2-9. and nine. Or My first year, we were 6-5, and five, and my second year, we were 8-3, and three, and we won, our, won the PSAC, which was a blessing. And then my senior year, Coach gave me all the trust, allowed me to call all the plays at the line of scrimmage, stuff like that. So it was just... Truly a blessing to fall into that, like, atmosphere. Sorry, yeah, that was I mean, long-winded. No, that's all good. You know, I try not to steer the conversation. I think it's always better to come from the player. That COVID piece, give people or players an opportunity to extend opportunity in playing, right? Mm-hmm. I think to give it an extra year of eligibility or something during that window. And uh, they really opened up the transfer portal in a way that it really wasn't before. So, you know, you have a curse on in one way, but you get these blessings in another way to be able to make things right, so to speak, because there's more players constantly coming out of high school, no matter what. So it kind of keeps flooding 
the pool in some way. So they were trying to fix it. And and in the case or in the process here, you are trying to go through it. Yeah. You got to find what's right for you. And that's the battle, the struggle that I've seen so many of these players like yourself having to navigate through, you know, Mm -hmm. you make one transfer, you think you're doing something, then you get hit with another curveball that you don't see, but you're trying to make the Mm -hmm. most of it. I mean, you know, some people look at it that, you know, power five division one is everything, but then Mm -hmm. you start hearing more and more, especially if you look at what's coming out of Colorado with coach Sanders and the guys that transferred and they're all like, you know, we don't see much of a difference, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's There's still, really not. In, it's interesting because I know a lot of fans, there's this perspective that it's power five or bus. And in some cases, some people are like, if you ain't SEC, you still, yeah. it's not the same, but it's kind of these stigmas. And, you know, what's interesting is that you are of a prototypical size and frame that the National Football League is looking for. Mm-hmm. And, doing some research i'm not the best researcher but you know do some research preparing for this i understood that you struggled to find a pro day that would allow you to participate and display your ability for professional scouts and you have a very interesting story with that as to how you ultimately were invited to duquesne i don't want to understate it by any means so i want you to kind of share that if you don't mind what that process was like, because it wasn't just like you come through this power five school that has it all set up and everyone's showing up. You had to really dig scrambling. My yeah. So, I mean, yes. if you don't mind, can you share how that process, how difficult it was and ultimately how your opportunity to participate at the Duquesne pro day came to fruition? So I like, I asked my school, like, are we doing a pro day? And they were like, well, we've never really had like anyone want to do a pro day. So like, no, we don't think that we're going to put this together. I was like, okay. So I was like, well, the PSAC usually has one and they didn't end up having one that year. So I was like, okay, so my conference isn't going to have one. So I'm like, okay, so I'm calling everybody that I know. Uh, hey, coach day. Can I have, can I come to the pro day? Well, CJ's coming out. Like, I don't think that would be good due diligence, all that type of stuff. So I was like, okay, that's fine. Uh, I call. Coach Yurkich at BC. Oh, we already have a quarterback that's doing. I call every, I call literally everybody that I know in my context. No one. I'm like, okay. Well, I'm talking to one of the scouts for the Steelers. He's like, you know, like we'd like you, but like we want to see you. And I'm like, I can't get in anywhere. Like I'm gonna need your help. Like you can come to my school, but like that's all I can do. Like we can't actually put a pro day together and stuff like that. And he was like, well, it has to be like certified or something like that. And I was like, okay, well. If you can find me a pro day, I don't care where it is in the country, I'll drive to, I'll fly to, anything. And I was like, well, what about Duquesne? Have you reached out to them? And I was like, yes, sir. And he was like, I was like, but they said no, they already had a quarterback. So then he was like, well, let me make a call. They made a call and they got me into my pro day, which is really nice of them. I appreciate that. And so then I got to throw in front of, I think, 11 teams. Um, and then four teams actually worked me out extra afterwards, um, which was pretty cool. Which of those four teams was it? I mean, it's always good to have that opportunity. So which teams give you that chance? Uh, it was the Dolphins, the Steelers, the Colts, um, and the Packers. And of that workout, did, were there any more discussions, whether it was the scouts, maybe with coaching staff members? Yeah. So, like, I mean, I talked to all of them. Uh, I talked to the Texans afterwards, talked to the Steelers. Um, I still talk to the Steelers. <laughs> It's like one of those things, like, I'm still in conversation with those guys uh, quite a bit. Probably, it's a good thing. And then, it's just, 
one of the things, just waiting for an opportunity to come, kind of just working for it. I was actually offered something, and then another quarterback signed before me, Tanner Morgan. So that was just, I just listened to the advice of my former agent, and it just wasn't sound advice, and I wish I could go back and change it. But, you know, God put me on this path for a reason. Maybe I wasn't ready for it, so just ready for the uphill battle. Yeah, it kind of adds, I think, an element to individuals, players. And it just it's going to be one of those things that you just kind of have to deal with a little bit of adversity. It's maybe just your your pathway was meant to have an extra hurdle or two. I'm a man of faith, so I, I believe that. I don't try to get into it too much because the listeners may or may not want to get, but it, you know, I completely understand. So your path is just meant to be the fork of the road, take a slightly different turn and a slightly different journey. But you had four opportunities to work out for National Football League teams, which is pretty cool. You know, knowing the struggle you had to do to kind of navigate to get to a pro day, get in front of 11 scouts, four teams are still interested enough to work you out. Were there any Canadian Football League teams, any XFL, USFL team scouts in attendance that maybe also expressed interest? So, no, there was no body at the Pro Day except for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the NFL teams because the Steelers were the team, the team that ran it. But, yeah, it was a good experience. Went out there, did the ball pretty well. Had some good guys to throw to. Well, it doesn't sound like Winnipeg was interested. No, but I think it's because they have three quarterbacks on their roster and one's the highest paid quarterback, I think, in CFL. So I don't think they're looking too much for a quarterback right now. That makes sense. I mean, one way or another, personnel, who you have under contract, uh, that all makes sense. So some time went by, Mm -hmm. and I understand earlier this month, the Indoor Football League's Quad City Steam Wheelers announced your signing with the club. How did this opportunity come about? So I wasn't really hearing anything for a little bit, and I, I just wanted to play football. Corey Ross is the head coach. He reached out to me, and he was like, you know, I think this is like a good opportunity. Uh, I'm friends with this this person, this person, this person. We run a really a really good offense that translates well to the outside football. He said, I think you can come here and like do a good job. There's guys that's been through our league, like Kurt Warner and stuff like that, and we think you can make that same type of jump. I kind of talked to him, and I was, like, telling him my concerns, like, my game's, like, a strong arm, so all that type of stuff. And he's like, well, this is, will give you the opportunity to show that you can throw the ball in tight windows, be accurate, show that you can move a little bit more. Because that's one of the knocks. They were like, oh, you can't move as good as these guys. And so I talked to him, and, he, and I agreed. I think it's a good opportunity to be able to show that I can play ball um, and at a high level. Did the IFL-XFL partnership play any role in Signing with Quad City? Absolutely. Probably one of the biggest reasons is their relationship with the XFL and how they have like a player's draft. Absolutely. It uh, made a big difference in signing with them or not. I do have an IFA workout coming up soon, which is like a new league that's popping up. Right. It's not outdoor yeah. football league, but so we'll see how that goes. Well, there's options, right? And you have a contract. So that's probably the most important thing is that, you know, for those that, that are not aware that these arena leagues, have clauses that allow you to pursue what they considered a stepped up, which would be something like the Canadian Football League, the USFL, the XFL, obviously the National Football League. It doesn't hinder you from pursuing the outdoor game. So that's a good thing. And I'm assuming the IFA would probably fall underneath that clause as well. Yes, sir. Okay. So, you know, it doesn't hurt you or hinder you to sign that IFL deal with Quad City. If anything, it's more of a safety net. And it's 
a smart decision to do so. Mm-hmm. And it like makes like uh, more teams interesting because it's like, oh, somebody actually wants you. It's kind of like when recruiting, like no one offers you and then somebody offers you and then their whole conference offers you. It's kind of like the same thing. So uh, you just need some, one person to like you, one person to sign off on you. And Corey was the first person that gave me the opportunity. It is interesting how that plays a factor in life. It's not just football in life. You could be in an interview and they could be talking about what the compensation package is. And then before you know it, we'll have this other offer on the table. All of a sudden, it's interesting how much that compensation package makes a significant <laughs> difference. Yes. And they don't even need to know 100% what it is. They just change their offer. It's just funny how interest changes someone's value. And it's very real, as you're, you're alluding to here, because football is no different than the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. But the, the timing of your signing with Quad City which is within a matter of days of your participation at the XFL Orlando showcase. Unfortunately, we didn't bump into each other at the showcase, but this is a good opportunity to kind of just pick your brain. How do you feel that you performed and how do you think it went for yourself? Uh, at the showcase, uh, I feel like I did good throwing the ball. Um, I think there was a pretty good difference between the level of talent but also I think it was good out to get out there and just throw to some guys that are just striving to be at the same level. Everybody that you know that's been putting in this, like the work. Like I, You can go out here and throw with anybody. It's going there, and we're all trying to get to the same goal. Same, we all have the same aspiration, so it's like refreshing to go out there. I think I threw well. I talked to my agents about what people thought and stuff like that. Nothing's really going to happen until the merger happens, uh, unless it's like an NFL guy that got cut or something like that. So... Uh, or a former USFL or XFL guy. So I, it's kind of just one of those waiting periods right now. But like you said, uh, since I signed with the Steamers, I talked to the Jets yesterday. I mean, I've talked to a couple people. So this raises your stock the more that people can keep hearing your name. I'm always intrigued a little bit, and I don't really dive down this path a little bit. You know, you go to a pro day, you have no chemistry with the people that you're throwing to. And chemistry is a pretty important thing. You show up to a showcase or these workouts that you had with the NFL teams. Again, you have no chemistry with the guys. And we come back to that. Chemistry is pretty important. So here you are at the showcase. You mentioned it went pretty well. I mean, is it kind of like a breath of fresh air when you're just clicking with somebody you just don't have chemistry with? I mean, like, is there any kind of like, I don't want to say nervousness because that's probably not the right thing, but like it could be some frustration maybe sometimes coming into like, you know, obviously I need this event to go well, and here mm-hmm. I am. But you mentioned it went well. So, I mean, you know, kind of walk me through being a quarterback, because it's no different than a receiver needing the balls to be thrown to them. Absolutely. So it kind of, it's a two-way street. Absolutely. Um, I think a lot of it comes with communication. Um, I think a lot of the game is football. So, like, when I get up to the line of scrimmage, like, I make sure, okay, it's a coach that we're going to run a comeback. All right, I want to come back at 17 back to 16, because that's what he said. So, uh, all right, 17 back to 16. 16. I know I'm getting the ball out three step with the hitch, getting the ball out on time. So it's kind of just making sure, reiterating that he knows how where he has to get to, and just putting the ball there. So I think it all starts with communicate, starts and ends with communication. And then a lot of people go out there, a lot of quarterbacks go out there, and they're like quiet, and then they'll throw a hitch at four yards instead of six by two, which is the coach has said or something like that. You know, it's just or the receiver runs it wrong. So I just think it communication's huge. One speed, right? I mean, because there's some mm-hmm. guys there, like, I don't know if you had an opportunity to throw to the Prince Shondala. I've had him on the show before. I know he's fast. 
So like yeah, if you get a guy that's super yeah, so if you get the right guy and versus somebody else that doesn't have that speed, I mean that, that changes how quick they're getting over to that point too. But you're right, chemistry, communication, there's a bunch of things that go into it, but it's just like, you know, I just had to use him as an example because he is fast. Definitely. I just had to be intentional with every rep. I think that's one of those things. You kinda know who's up, you can kinda tell by their how they carry themselves, who's who's just fast, who can who's fast can run around. So you kinda know because we've been around the game for so long. Well, it shows your awareness, right? It's not just mm-hmm. how quick you can adapt with the people, you know, and communicate. And that's all good because that's all being taken. It's not just the throw itself. It's everything at the showcase. You know, I think some people don't realize just how much they get to see you guys communicate and who's on deck and who is listening to instructions. And it all comes together. So it, it obviously shows, you know, that you are checked off multiple boxes. And, and that's good. Really good for yourself. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. With that being said, obviously there's the A and C people that are operating or essentially conducting the drills, but there are XFL coaches. We saw with the Orlando Guardians. We saw XFL personnel staff were there, which obviously the Orlando Guardians. We saw the Arlington Renegade staff there. Doug Whaley, which is mm-hmm. you know a league executive in the player personnel department. Did you have any conversations with the league and team staff through the process or maybe shortly afterwards? Um, I've talked to Mr. Whaley for a couple months. Um, he's a great guy. Uh, so I've been, I've been in contact with him. And then um, when I was in Arlington at the XFL showcase or combine, uh, I got to talk with a bunch of the teams and everything like that. So uh, it was good to see those guys again and uh, get in contact with them and just make sure to see where I am. And basically they're saying, like, there's nothing really we can do. Our hands are tied until the merger, unless you're, like, an NFL guy or a former XFL guy or USFL guy. So, yeah, it was good to talk to them, um, for them to tell me that they've seen improvement, see me drop weight, which is some, it was a concern. So just continue to try to be, get better and strive to be better every day is what I'm looking for. Dropping weight was a concern? Yeah, they wanted me to drop weight. Oh, they wanted you to drop. Okay, I thought maybe dropping yeah. the weight was the concern. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, everyone has their reasonings, and you know those are discussions. We, I'm not going to dive into it. So it's it's always interesting to see that they are very interested because obviously you had multiple degrees of communication. Whether it was the combine, which I I did not realize that you were at the combine. So my my boss, I mentioned I wasn't a great researcher, so I, you know I missed things. Too, <laughs> That's okay. Probably. I was actually invited <laughs> late, uh, so it's fine. I not it's it's okay. Oh, good. So obviously, and we're not going to get into this merger because there's obviously this waiting period and they call it also the quiet period. So there's just things legally that neither of the sides can talk about. So there's really nothing to talk about, but it's kind of a wait and see game. And mm-hmm. I know that both leagues are trying to be business as usual, but there's certain things obviously that can't, they're not going to really do. I say can't or won't do. Um, obviously like probably individual workouts is probably on hold until they kind of get past this waiting period. And we know the XFL typically has a draft in January. They do like a supplemental draft coming out of the the uh, National Football League, you know, as that season comes to an end. But they also just kind of pushed back a draft they were supposed to have on October 4th. And we're hearing maybe November. And I'm not pressing for what you are hearing or not because that's a very tentative thing because it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what they're tentatively looking at. It could still get shifted, you know, with this whole merger. What does come of it? What doesn't come of it? And that kind of puts a person like yourself in limbo. So knowing that, I mean, you're obviously 
looking forward to playing, whether it's going to be in the IFL or hopefully with the XFL and you have another tryout coming out with the IFA, you're obviously still in keeping yourself ready mode. So what does mm-hmm. your daily grind, your regiment look like? Cause you're probably trying to put, you know, a roof over your head, food on the table, providing for yourself. But at the same time, you're trying to keep yourself ready for football because you know, that the outdoor game isn't a done deal yet. You're still striving for that. So what does your, your routine look like at this point? Uh, 5.30, wake up, go on a run, do like footwork, agility. Actually, I have like uh, a neighbor. He goes out there and does it with me. So he's in high school, plays baseball and stuff like that. So he goes out there, wake up, do all that, and then take my wife to school, work out. While we're work, I work out, I run, get cardio, all that type of stuff in. And then later on, I train kids, like quarterback lessons, uh, and then I go throw. And then come home and help her study because she's in doctorate school and do my. I just finished my master's about a month ago, so I was still doing that. So that's what I've been doing. No downtime. It's right None. from the crack of dawn or before the crack of dawn. My wife works in construction, so I get up you know very early with her too. <laughs> I I understand it, but it's you know it's it's one of those things that it's not just something you do. It shows your dedication and your determination to take care of what needs to be done. And I think there's something to be said of that. And that's why I I like to ask those questions because that kind of also displays behind the scenes stuff that people don't get to see. It's not just listeners. If coaches or personnel staff are tuning in, because obviously there's a process and it's not just one thing. It shows you're able to one, stay committed to it Two, time management is a thing too. Like, Mm -hmm. cause you know, when we hear about people becoming professionals, it's a little bit different than being a student athlete. You know, I, I was a college athlete myself. Unfortunately, I didn't play football because I came from high school and didn't have football at the time. But <laughs> it's one of those things that, well, you know, your passions don't all line up with everything that you actually just do in life. Definitely. Well, it's like, and like, she's so understanding, so it makes it easy. Like, I could very easily just be done with football and go to PA school. But, like, I want to follow my, chase my dream, and she's pushing me to the one. It's like, hey, it's okay. You know what? Chase your dream. Give yourself some time to just make it happen. Like, and that's a blessing to have somebody that believes in you and pushes you that much as well. Uh, so it makes it a lot easier. 100% agree. I mean, that's, you know, it's a blessing. It's awesome that you have that, but it's also good for people to hear that that is the support you have at home, that this is something that's not like, okay, I'm just giving it a try to see if it's going to happen. And then, okay, if it doesn't, then I'm going to pull. So it's, it's, it's really awesome to have that. Mm-hmm. Before we wrap this up, there's one thing I, you know, I mentioned to you in you know, as we were chatting before we started the interview, I have had some executives on the show and coaches and whatnot. So the league and its staff is aware of the show. I don't know how regularly they tune in. You know, you have had some discussions with various coaches and personnel, but maybe for the coaches and personnel that haven't really given you a look, you know, or really had that conversation with you, why don't you just take a moment, kind of take your soapbox moment here and and just really – Share with them what they haven't seen. Maybe they've watched your footage, right? Maybe they've seen a couple of interviews here and there, but what are they missing about you that makes you very uniquely you? And what is it that you bring to the table and why they should probably give you another look if they haven't already? First thing is, is like, I think it's hard to gauge as a coach uh, just by meeting somebody real quick. Um, genuinely, I think I can lead. Uh, I'm, I feel like I, I can lead better, it's, if not as good as anybody. Um, I can get people to follow me and to believe in something. Went to a school that was 2-9 and, nine and uh, changed the whole culture. 
led the led the weight program um, as a player. Called every single play at the line of scrimmage uh, my senior year. I think that some people don't get to see that or understand that the level of IQ and football knowledge is there because I'm a coach's kid. I was there with Coach Day and Coach Meyer. I didn't just go to practice. I stayed there and was in their coaches' meetings trying to learn as much as I can because after football, I might want to be a coach. Um, so I think that uh, something that they don't get to see is just like me as like a person and that I'm going to live right no matter who's around or what things are going to be thrown my way that I don't fall into peer pressure and that I'm always a, some, like I'm a dependable person. And usually when people have issues, they'll come to me and that I'll, you can always count on me. And that's hard to, uh, for people to see. I don't have it in front of me, but you did mention or posted something on your ex formerly known as Twitter profile, your Wonderlick score. So why don't you share everyone what your Wonderlick score is? Yeah, my Wonderlick, it was in the top 98%. So that was a 43 out of 50 as I think it was, but yeah, so not if that matters for anything, but I, I don't know. Like I just, it was like something I put on there just trying to make myself more marketable. I only ask because we do hear about that in the national football league combine a lot. Wonderlick, Wonderlick and you know where they scored and whether it made a difference for a player in the past or not. So I just thought, Hey, you had a high score. Why not share it here? So the listeners and uh, anyone else that's tuning in, hopefully, could take that into consideration to know that you're obviously an intelligent player. You had mentioned you were calling plays, audibling at the line your senior year. Uh, that's not the norm. And, you know, I think that's something that should be looked at as a unique trait, obviously, and something that you do well or else it wouldn't have continued. You only done it for a game or two and they would have changed the process. So, yes, um, sir. You know, Corey, it has been a pleasure, and I know we've had some technical difficulties, and this probably took a little longer than we intended it to, but I appreciate your time and having you on the show and you sharing your journey, your XFL Orlando Showcase, your combine experience. You know, I wish you best of health and luck because it's very important and to continue to strive to get where you want to be. If you are fortunate to play in the XFL, I would love to, you know, leave the door open for you, open invitation to come back and if you're willing to share your xfl experience with us thank you i appreciate it you're welcome before you go one last thing if somebody wants to follow you your journey where can they do so twitter or x and what's your handle uh it's cory curtis 12 okay perfect well thank you Corey. and like i said best of health and luck thank you i appreciate it you're welcome like many guests who have graced this platform to share their story, Corey had a journeyman collegiate career and is still grinding for an opportunity. I find stories like his fascinating. So many people give up on their dreams and goals. To see Corey's commitment and positive outlook is encouraging, and I wish him the best of health and luck as he takes the next step in his journey. Unfortunately, we do not have any fan line messages this week. If you have an XFL-related comment, question, or hot take and would like it to be heard on the show, reach out to the fan line by calling 863-TALK-XFL or 863-825-5935. Doing so, your message could be included in an upcoming episode. All good things must come to an end. This concludes another episode of Player 54 Podcast. As always, I am interested in receiving your feedback, so do not be a stranger. 
reach out to let me know your thoughts. And if you do so, your comments might just make it on the show. But before you go, do not forget to subscribe and rate the show on your platform or choice. One last thing. If you are interested in checking out our friends over at True Victory, do not forget to click on the link in the show's description and notes, as well as that sweet code, PLAYER54, for 15% off your purchase. Thank you for tuning in. Till next time, cheers. Thank you for tuning into today's show. Don't forget to subscribe and rate Player 54 Podcast on your platform of choice. You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Player 54 Podcast. Do you have a question or topic you would like to have addressed on the show? Message the show via social media or send an email to player54podcast at gmail.com.